Hey there, and thank you for tuning in to the Occlusal Table. I'm one of your hosts, Taylor Jackson. And it's your girl, Jasmine Clyde. And today we will discuss the various areas of diversity and its importance in dentistry. Let's get started. Yes, today we are very, very excited to have two very special guests, also from Meharry. Yes, shout out to Meharry. <laughs> we have David and Christina. Woo! Hi, everyone. Hello. So let's hear about yourselves. David, you can go first. So my name is David Gonzalez, or I guess as of a week ago, Dr. David Gonzalez. I was born and raised in Havana, Cuba, and then I moved to Miami. After that, I attended the University of Florida for my undergrad in biology, and I'm just fin- just completed uh, four years of dental school. I'm here. Woo! Yay! And hello, everyone. My name is Christina Aponte. I am born and raised in Rochester, New York, over in Western New York, near Niagara Falls. I went to undergrad at the University of Buffalo and majored in biomedical sciences and Spanish. And I'm a rising D3 also at Meharry, like Jasmine mentioned. Yeah, blueprint. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so let's dive right into the topic. Um, What comes to mind when you hear the term diversity? I think it's um diversity is really multi-layered. It can be where you're from, um, your background, your socioeconomic status. I just think anything that defines you, not necessarily if you're black, if you're white, if you're Hispanic, if you're Asian. I just think there's just so many layers to it. And I think we can talk all day about diversity and everything, honestly. So what do y'all think? To me, it's a multi-changing topic. Um, I feel like it changes rather often. The older I get, the more I grow, the more I experience, the more this concept, this idea of being different evolves. Um, I remember not a few years back, like not too late ago, how it went from recognizing that there was variety uh, in the world within all of us pretty much to acknowledging that it actually exists, celebrating it, understanding it, understanding that I don't necessarily need to understand your life choices. I just need to respect it and accept it. Um, No, definitely. I completely agree um, with what you said, David. Uh, And just like what Jasmine said, you know, it's definitely a multi-layered topic, right? You know, there's cultural diversity, racial uh, age, um, sex, sexual orientation, um, disability. Uh, we can go on and on and on and on because, uh, diversity, it's not limited to just one topic. Um, it can go beyond what we see. It can go, uh, way, just way beyond that. (laughs) Um, and that's why I, I like, uh, this topic here, because I feel like we're all diverse in our own kind of way, right? You know, it's uh, more than meets the eye. So, um, definitely. <laughs> definitely, definitely, definitely. So, Christina, what are your thoughts? 
Yeah, to me, kind of like you all mentioned already, it's a constantly evolving definition, keyword being evolving. Again, like the, the, the older I get, the more I, I learn about myself and all these little boxes that you check off before taking standardized exams and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, we could be adding more to that to define ourselves. And it's, it's been really interesting, especially during quarantine, to, to kind of dive into reflecting on who we really are and how different and unique we all are. And even when it comes to race, there's so much difference itself, too. Um, I just did my 23andMe, and over the last month, I've been backtracking, like trying to find some distant cousins that ended up being not that distant. Okay. So it's like, yeah, and then seeing all these percentages in numbers, it's, it, it's kind of amazing to me. It's crazy. It is crazy. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. We should all do that. Yeah, oh, we are totally in my family. In my family, my uncle has been taking this time to to really dive into our family tree. So, starting with us, and then going back each generation, and then finding where everyone worked, which country everyone was from, and where they spent the majority of their life. Because although I identify as Colombian on on my mom's side, we've really only been there about a generation and a half, or maybe two, and so. Before then, we were in Germany. And so it's just like, wow. you know, am I Colombian? Am I German? Who am I? And, <laughs> and where do you go from here? It's really interesting. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so then even then, you know, after talking about uh, our thoughts on diversity, then we can dive just a little bit deeper and uh, talk about what diversity looks like in dentistry. Um, why it's important for us as student doctors to be culturally competent. Um, like, for example, you know, when it comes to name pronunciation or even when it's uh, to determine the time that it's appropriate to ask where people are from, um, you know, how can we, like, what exactly does diversity look like in dentistry? That's also, I think, multi-layered, and we haven't. Um, I'm sure David will speak to being in the clinic with different patients and stuff. But um, I just think it's being what I think is being like empathetic towards someone who is different than you. You have to understand where they're coming from, why they say something this way, or why they believe this. Because I know with, <clears throat> I guess, um, a lot of people don't want to even come to the dentist or get any medical work done or anything. And that's just because they have just this inherent thought that they're going to get hurt or something like that. So it's like you have to get down on that level and understand why <clears throat> they're thinking of that or why you know they say certain things to you. So that's what I think about with that. Yeah, kind of like we talked about how how the definition of diversity is constantly evolving. Just as the district board just had a webinar last night talking about cultural competency, which what do you know, you know? And one of the topics that we talked about or the presenter mentioned was her work with sex trafficking victims. And one patient in particular had a really hard time even letting even letting her put a mirror in her mouth just to do an oral examination. And so mm you don't really know what you don't know until you know. And and so to be in a position where you understand how to work effectively with those, with vulnerable populations, I think it's just a matter of 
there's tons of webinars going on right now, of course, but when we return to normal life, I suppose, um, it'll be a challenge to see, to really get to know these different types of populations and, and how they'd prefer to be treated. Yeah, and it, it's important to also know that throughout your career, you're going to encounter people from all ways of life. And as a professional, you need to know how to cater to all of them. Um, learning from different cultures can help you learn skills to communicate with them, uh, how to interact with them, and, and even bring forward some topics and concepts that we weren't aware of before. And especially with those in clinics, uh, I feel like it will come in handy if you become kind of like a global citizen because our patient population is a good example of what we see in the United States today. Um, we have people from different socioeconomic statuses. We have different cultures. So what's going to happen when someone comes in and starts speaking in a language that you don't understand? Are you just going to use the translator that the school offers? Are you going to call, uh, call the translating services? Who are you going to look when you're actually talking to this person? Are you going to look at the translator or are you going to look at the patient? Because like, even though there is a third person in the conversation, is that third person really there? Um, I don't think you should be making eye contact with these people. You should also um, know, I mean, when, when I say these people, I mean the translator. Um, you definitely have to take into consideration the patient and then what does eye contact mean to them or the lack thereof? Because some of these cultures don't necessarily um, use eye, um, eye contact as a way of communicating. So give and take kind of thing. Yeah, and kind of like what you just were mentioning, just understanding that every interaction you have with every single one of your patients can have a trickle-down effect. You can be the reason that they you know, never want to go see a doctor or a dentist for that matter because they had a negative experience with you or, or in the past. And so you never know. The patient that you're talking to might be looking to go into dentistry or you might have that positive impact that will lead them into wanting to look into dentistry. So I think it's really important to understand that for sure. Yeah. And Christina, I'm glad you said that um, in a sense of uh, you don't know if the, your patient even wants to pursue a career in dentistry. So then I feel like even us at Meharry, we have a great stance on seeing the different, uh, I guess, adding some diversity to the dental professional population um, so that we can even encourage uh, pre-dental students um, or even neighboring uh, grade school students to say, hey, we are in this position. You can be where we are. Even um, you are the next generation of doctors, you know, and saying that it's, it is possible saying that uh, despite your circumstances, despite your environment, you can be here. You can be called a doctor um, being that uh, positive influence, that positive role model um, in someone's life. So being a student doctor is more than just what we do and how we serve our patients, but even how we benefit our neighboring communities in that regard. All right. And uh, for the next topic of discussion, um, how as dental professionals, 
can we increase awareness in diversity? Whether that's clinic or whether that's the classroom, whether it's in our communities, anything. I think it is important to listen, listen, and then educate. Uh, you should educate yourself. And by doing so, try to educate everyone else too. Um, try to become the best version of yourself possible and make yourself be seen, um, whether it is through social media, through organized dentistry, whatever it is. And on the topic of organized dentistry, just make your voice be heard. Don't just join an organization, try to challenge yourself and take on leadership roles where you can advocate on behalf of those that look like you or sound like you or those that don't necessarily have a voice. And just use that platform and ask the uncomfortable questions. And I think Meharry's great with um, their curriculum. So as D2 students, we took two courses, intro to community-based education and then also cultural competency. And this is where we learned about literally other cultures coming in and our professor would tell us, oh, some this person might not like this because based on their culture, this. So like I said before, it's like multi-layered. Uh, you just have to think about that and show empathy and things like that. So I think it's great, um, a great stepping stone for us to have those two courses so we can apply that later on in the clinics whenever we get there, right? And then, you know, um, in our practice down the road. Yeah, speaking of the practice that it seems so far away, but one day it'll be here, one day we'll be postdocs. But but um, I think it's important to be mindful of, again, you know, you might have a patient who may be that future healthcare professional. And so when hiring your team, just take note of that, you know, who you put in the front, in the front desk or who you have at assist, as assistance as your hygienist and whoever else you have in your office. I think variety is, is really helpful because also, you know, when patients come in, you do have conversations with them, there is a lot of patient interaction. And so having people who can talk about whether it's football or gardening or, you know, fun adventures that they've been on, um, it really just adds to the patient experience. But again, yes, that, that, that practice is a little bit far out as of right now, but for like for the right now, taking advantage of how big social media is and spreading good news. I know there was an Instagram, like the good news movement. I don't know if you all follow them, but people make submissions from all over the world. And these are, you know, video submissions, of course, and just like good things happening. Like, you know, people being, giving that neighborly sort of treatment, helping each other out. And then they post it on their Instagram. So amidst all of the chaos that can, can happen on day-to-day -day basis, there is a place you can go to for that like happy feeling like, you know, humanity at the end of the day does have good intentions. And so, you know, if you, if, if you choose to post on your Instagram stories or your Snapchat, whatever you like to use, post the good people like to see that too. Definitely. Um, and I even think that uh, us as dental professionals, we can even increase awareness in diversity uh, more than just recognizing that it is an evolving topic, but the inclusion part of it, I think, uh, is where we sometimes lack. Um, just like how we, uh, someone was mentioning before, 
when it comes to hiring uh, those who work in our practice, it's more than just doing something that you're comfortable with, but including those that are diverse in different aspects so that, because you never know uh, if there's a patient that may relate to one of your um, team members more than you could. Um, So increasing awareness in diversity, I think it's more than just recognizing that it's a multi-layer topic and more than just uh, seeing the different types of diversity out there, but harping more on the inclusion aspect of it for sure. Hungry for knowledge? We're giving you the munchies. So this article today um, is basically about, well, it's called, we have different attitudes towards social distancing and it's straining relationships. So um, it gives scenarios of different people talking about um, their families and how they are trying to social distance and then some not so much. So there was an example with um, one guy's wife is a physician and she works in the emergency department on the front lines and she basically has to come home and you know disinfect everything, hop in the shower first, um, stay away from the children. So that's like their new normal, as we always say, our new normal now, right? And then there was another scenario where um, an older gentleman um, has older parents and they were saying, oh no, you know, this virus won't get to me. This, this virus, I'm good. I'll be okay. And things like that. So, you know, it's just social distancing, I think, and being isolated has put a strain on a lot of people's relationships. And, um, you know, I guess if people are all, if you're being a mom, if you're being a teacher at home, if you're being the dad, you're also being a teacher. Also, you're being the cook, the chef, everything under the sun during this time. And, you know, it adds a, layer of stress on families these days. And then those people who are trying to look out for their parents and tell them not to go out and be careful. And, you know, when you don't really want to tell your elders what to do, but in this instance, it's like, you kind of almost need to say something. So (laughs) yeah, this, I think um, this whole isolation thing has gotten to a lot of people, including myself, because it's like never, I haven't seen classmates in months and it's just going from seeing people every single day doing the same thing is to nothing, to Zoom calls and FaceTime. It's been it's been rough for a lot of people. And then especially if you're used to, if there's children in the house and, you know, they normally go to school, but they're home now, and then you have to work on top of that, I can imagine how much stress people are feeling from that too. So what do y'all feel about this social distancing and, you know, isolation and crowdedness and stuff? I think it's really challenged us to work on ourselves personally. Um, and I say that, and I understand how difficult it is because we do all want to return back to the normal in some way. But I will say also it is the first time in probably ever that I, I'll look outside around around dinner time after dinner time and see people walking with their families for the first time in forever. And you know, so as a student, looking outside and seeing, you know, three year olds, four year olds walking with their parents and then like their ba- the family baby is in the wagon and they're dragging the baby and the dog. And it's so, it's amid, again, amidst all of the craziness that is today, it's really nice to see that I, I've, I've seen it in movies. I never saw it in real life. And so, <laughs> um, I don't know. It, it's brought me a little peace of mind for sure. And I even think, um, from what you were saying, Jazz, like, yes, it is put uh, this whole pandemic and 
us social distancing, it is putting a strain on some of our, on our relationships. But just like what Christina said on the flip side, you know, being an optimist and looking at the glass half full or just thankful that we even have a glass to fill in, you know, in the first place. Um, it's also been bringing some families together. You know, uh, there are some family members that I know I haven't talked to in a long, long time. And I didn't even realize how much time got away from me. And it wasn't until during this time in quarantine where it's like, okay, you know what? Let me call them up. Let me see how they're doing. Let me, you know, I know that they're home, hopefully. Um, uh, And let me go ahead and just check in on them because it's been a while since we just uh, talked and chatted about our lives. And um, that's definitely a plus that I see being in this pandemic and being quarantined at the moment. (laughs) Which brings on um, a very good topic, which mental health. I think that we should be checking on each other. Um, It's been straining on us, so why not check on your neighbor and check on your friend to see how they are doing? Absolutely. It gives some sort of comfort. Like we're all going through the same thing. So um, we all know how we're feeling not being present at school at all. Um, So definitely check in on your friends, FaceTime. It might not be the same as being physically together, but, you know, just something to look forward to. Yeah. And I don't know if you've all experienced something similar where I, I, I personally find with those phone calls with family or with friends, everyone's been a bit more present in their conversations with me. You know, there, there's that question, how are you? That we're all, we're always, we've always been asked, but now it's like, we can really dive into, Oh, what is, what are, what's your experience in Nashville? What's dental school? Like, how's your new job? And I'm really thankful for quarantine to give everyone that, that clarity of mind to, to have open dialogue with each other. Yeah, and I I do hope that people did take advantage of this time to reach out to those family members to, you know, just like what Christina said, take a step further into those conversations instead of just saying, oh, hi, hi, how you doing? Oh, I'm fine. That's the typical recorded response that we always give. Oh, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. But what does good really mean? What does fine really mean? Um, How are you really while you're in the house? Uh, Just like what David just mentioned Mental health is so important, especially during these times, like being in the house, you know, we're, we're humans, we're social creatures, we're meant to engage with each other. Um, We're not meant to be in solitude. So please check on your friends, check on your family, check on your loved ones uh, and see how they really are doing. And be prepared to hear someone say, I'm not okay. So, Yeah. yeah. I also think it's been that you're not okay either. (laughs) I also think it's been a great opportunity to, you know, we hear a lot of, you know, there's nurses appreciation week was semi-recent and it was during this, what's been going on. And there's a lot of initiative to take, to really reach out to teachers and tell them how much we appreciate them. But I think during all of this, people really have, like, like you said, Taylor, like actually, putting substance to what you're saying um, to what people are saying when they reach out to teachers and to nurses and to all the frontline workers. Like, thank you. Like 
you know, people really, they feel it when they watch military going home videos. And now like the, the video is the 7 p.m. cheers that a lot of cities are doing. Like, I don't know about you all, but when I watch those, like you really feel something positive about the world and about humanity. Like, okay, yes, people, people are inherently good. And to see everyone, to see a whole city come together and cheer for the frontline workers, it's incredible. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. All right, Word of Mouth is a segment of the show where we break the ice, have some fun, and allow our listeners to really get to know us. So our first one is bite your tongue. And of course, we've done that before. That's our taboo game. Um, So we're going to have me and Jazz on a team and Christina and David will be on a team. (laughs) Okay, Christina, get to it. (laughs) All right, all right, all right. We're all ready to fight. (laughs) Okay, so so yeah, I'll um, go ahead and keep time for 30 seconds. Well, let me know when to go. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> okay, ready and go. Okay, matriarch of the house. The mother. What you put, it's not DVDs before then. Uh, video cassettes, VHR, or whatever um, it's called. Yes. Okay, what you take with you to when you're traveling? Backpack, suitcase. What's on top of the candle? The flame. The, I get it. Well, the the piece of the, the where the flame goes. Wait, what? Oh my gosh! Where when you light the just pass it. The candle. <laughs> just pass it. <laughs> okay, n- not the husband, but the wife. What a baby puts over their chest when they're eating. Bib. Or the patient. Something, something, <laughs> something you read uh, when you're learning how to install something. Manual. All right, and time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do All you right, get now, it? I, now that yes, I actually, uh, it was actually a minute, so I used a minute instead of thirty seconds. Oh. Thirty seconds went by so fast. So. <laughs> and we had like one. <laughs> Thank you. I can still give you thirty seconds though. What? No. Okay. I'm kidding. 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 <laughs> Okay. okay. Let me so put then, the timer on. All right. And then you guys count it how much you have? Uh no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So what we'll do I is it was four. I'll take four. Or five. Okay. Well, well we can figure it out. But <laughs> um I can do the time, then I'll count for you guys as well. Okay. All right. Sorry about that. I probably should have been counting for you. I think it was about five. I think yeah, it was think about it was, five. I think it was five. Okay. Okay. So then just All let right. me know Are where you... to go, Christina. You got it. Go for it. All right. So Jazz, right. it's um, it's what we wear all the time now that we're in quarantine. Our uh, the Jamas. bottoms. The bottoms. Not pants. Huh? Leggings. No. no. Sweatpants. No. Yes. Okay. No. Um, <laughs> so it's something that you okay uh geez, geez, geez. Next. okay it's cheesy it's bread <laughs> um, cheese, garlic bread mm-mm. it's uh it's a it's a dish it's um circular a casserole you know what i'm just gonna, I'm just gonna switch it. yeah okay so uh okay something that you use to bake it's an appli- a, a kitchen appliance 
KitchenAid mixer. Uh, no, no, to cooling. make like the actual thing that you put the, the preheated oven. Uh -oh. Yes, okay. Um, something you what you use to watch your TV shows. Remote. What you like the actual thing you watch it on. TV screen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. All right. So when you're trying to stretch, you know. Yawn. Mm, no, 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 no. Like you put it down, like you lay it down on the ground. Okay, time. I'm so sorry. Namaste, yoga. <laughs> yeah, it was, <laughs> it was a yoga mat. It was yoga mat. <laughs> the other one was pizza snow. I was trying to get you to say pizza and then gonna get you to say uh, I think we won. Yeah, they did yeah, win. I think you did. I, think you did. <laughs> I was trying. Those were those are kind of hard. Yeah, the, the topic was, you know, things around the house, but some of those things you don't just have around the house, but <laughs> I thought it was funny things around the house, and then mom popped up. Right. <laughs> she's like, "Well, she she is there." I don't know. So. <laughs> okay, and the next segment of the show is actually a new one. Um, it's OMG or Oh My Gauze. Um, it's basically going to be clinic story time and advice. And because uh, three out of the four of us here are D2 students, David, if uh, there is a, a clinic, a story from clinic or some advice you can give us uh, since we're going to be entering clinics in the fall, uh, this would be the time to express that. <laughs> I'm probably going to contradict myself with this, but I think the one thing I wish I had, someone had told me is the level of difficulty of third year. Um, everyone always said second year is going to be the hardest. And it was very time consuming. It was hard indeed. But it doesn't compare to that. At least to me, it was very difficult, that transition from second to third year to still have lectures, to have to adapt to clinics, and to know that now you have people trusting you, your abilities, your knowledge, your commitment. Um, it was, to me, it's something that it, it took a few to get used to it. Um, it wasn't something that, okay, it's Tuesday, you're in clinic orientation, and then Wednesday, boom, you get it. It's just, it takes time. You have to, your schedule is different. You need to, Notice that these people are not, I know at school they said it all the time, that patients are not requirements. But with everything going on, you start forgetting this, and it comes to a time that you, you just need to realize that these are people and they are trusting you. So just make sure that you keep up with that. Um, there was a lot of group projects that we had to do. So... It was still very time-consuming. Um, and another thing that I wish I had done more advocacy when I had the time. Um, we are on a situation that we never expected to be at. Over, I feel like we shouldn't be asking right now for our licensure to change. We shouldn't be asking for a new path, pathway to uh, licensure. It's something that should have been done years ago, and we are still struggling with it. Mm -hmm. I just got a text message five minutes ago um, saying that I actually do need my period section of my licensure exam, which I'm not going to be able to take 
in God knows how long. So it's a it's something that we have to do from the get-go. Don't wait until something like this happens to start advocating for it. So now that you have the chance, you still have two more years, get on it, start um, researching the laws in your state that you want to practice, the one that you're at now, and just try to make some changes because you don't know what could happen in the future. You don't want to be in my situation or any of my classmates' situation, pretty much. Definitely, yeah. And these are unforeseen circumstances, of course. Definitely. Uh, but advocacy is definitely important. I'm glad that you did mention um, looking up, like, the different uh, licensure laws in different states and stuff like that, Think states that we want to um, eventually practice. practice not just Tennessee, because, like, for the most part, you just focus where you are at the moment or the one state you think that you may want to practice at, uh, practice at. But stuff may change within the next two years. Just be aware of the exams that you have to take. Mm -hmm. um, if there's more than one option, what to take. Just wipe everything. Um, be aware of the Dialowski, even though it's not accepted in most states. Like It's not accepted in Florida. Mm -hmm. So just educate yourself pretty much on those topics. It's not really clinic-based, but it's like your future, so which I think it's important. Oh, absolutely. Now, David, as a rising third year, how would you recommend us to get involved, or how would you recommend us to, to see which states are, re are requiring what sort of requirements for each student? So definitely first, ASA, and then CDCA has a uh, website that tells you by state, what exams they take, and I think it's um, oh, it's an interactive map that tells you the states that um, the exams that are taken at each uh, state, and they give you a few notes on everything too. So, but to advocate, definitely ask that. It's just idea and all these organizations that are trying to make uh, help you to make a change. Yeah, I know that the Joint Commission on National Dental uh, Examinations, the JCNDE, they are looking to, they've done a, a few presentations with ASDA and for specific interest groups and are looking to see if any other students are, are willing to sit and have a chat with one of their representatives about the DLOSCI and what exactly it is. Like I know I sat in and one and um, they were talking about practice questions and they're quite, I mean, they're, it's a, it might not have a live patient, but it, it's definitely an exam that you want to know the format of like some of the questions will have up to 15 choices. And so understanding what's to come if, like you said, if we're put in a position where we would have to take that exam. Yeah. And be prepared also to take uh, the mannequin portion as soon as you can. Don't delay it. Just take everything. The sooner you can, the better. You don't want to wait until the end and then something like this happens and you just have to wait and see what happens. Definitely. Um, I, I appreciate that advice. I do, because it, it opened my mind up to things that I'd, I'm sure I wasn't really thinking about. I mean, of course, you know, being involved in ASDA helps a whole lot and ADIA. Um, 
being like sitting in on some of the licensure exam uh, webinars and even uh, advocacy webinars and increasing that involvement and stuff. But there are, I do appreciate you, Davi, for that advice because there's still an extra layer of things that I just, you don't know what you don't know. You don't know what exactly. you don't know. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so then are there any type of closing remarks that uh, Christina or David, you guys have? Wash your hands. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, first and foremost, thank you for having us both here today. Um, it, I was excited when I got a text from you. And I hope that everyone listening in learned a little something today from the both of us. Um, and, but of course, yes, reach out anytime if you have any other questions about what we talked about today or just to share your thoughts on today's episode. I'm on Instagram at Christina with a C-H underscore Aponte, A-P-O-N-T-E. And yes, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, my Instagram will be D-I-T-O-G-L-E-Z. Dito Gless. Subject to change. Well, Subject to change to Dr. Dito Gless. I don't know yet. <laughs> <laughs> We shall see. Yeah, are you are you going to transform your current Instagram to more of like a Doctor Five friendly? Yeah. I thought about it, but it's like it's not. I have a lot of personal stuff there, so I'd rather just do and create a new one mm-hmm. than mm-hmm. and then keep that one um, yeah. professional. And then this one, even though this one's not the one that I have right now, is very professional. It's still not what I would like to portray necessarily, mm-hmm. like, like fully. Well, whichever Instagram, David, we'll make sure we <laughs> we'll make sure we tag uh, the one that you prefer, so that people yes. can reach you. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, Any questions that you guys have, I'm always here to help. We need to help each other. Definitely. Um, and I, I do appreciate you guys being on the show. You yes. guys added a lot to our conversation, um, and it was great. It's always great. It's always great. <laughs> Um, and then of course, you know, I'd like to close out with something to make you guys smile. So oh, <laughs> Jasmine looks fed up with me. <laughs> All right. Okay. So what do you call a singing laptop? What do you call a singing laptop? Mm. Something like Alicia Keys or something. Is that it? <laughs> oh, that's a good one. But no, it's not that one. Okay. <laughs> Go for it. I know David and I are both like, uh <laughs> Adele. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay, that was good. Though. That was a good one. I thought you got it, Jasmine, with Alicia Keys. I'm like, oh, well, here I go again, losing another game, whatever. (laughs) Oh, we won the game. Right, you guys. I know. Well, (laughs) that's funny. Um, I would love to leave on a lighter note, but um, I just want to, you know, make a little point um, to everyone to check on your minority friends right now or anybody who has been affected by the story about Mr. George Floyd, Mm -hmm. George Floyd in Minnesota. You know, it's been a very difficult week and some of us aren't okay. Um, you know, it's important to talk about current events. 
um, especially amid uh, the mishap that happened, the murder that happened, really. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a never-ending cycle, it seems like, and these are quite scary times we're living in, and everything really feels so surreal amid the pandemic that we're in right now. Um, there's no words to really describe how to feel about it, um, but if you need to talk to someone like David was talking about before with mental health, just reach out, and there are several outlets for you to do so in that time. So, you know, keep your heads up, everyone. Jasmine, on that note, if I could interject and ask, you know, what, or actually just everyone here, um, what would be your advice to all? I know that's like a big topic of what non-Black friends should be doing right now. How would you advise them to proceed during these difficult times? You know, that is actually a great question, um, Christina. And that even falls in line with what we were talking about earlier, uh, when it comes to not even, not just recognizing diversity, but appreciating diversity, um, a pre like, uh, and, and going off of the inclusion part. So even though, uh, you know, it may seem hmm? through acceptance. Yes. Through acceptance. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it's, uh, cause right now it's, it's not really even just, I mean, it, of course, you know, it is a matter of race, but also recognizing that it's the human race. It's a human fight. We recognizing um, what is just and what is not, what is right and what is morally right and what is not, what's, uh, what is ethical and what is not. So um, to answer your question, showing support in that regard that you're on the side that is just. Yes. I agree. I totally agree. It's just, you might not know what to exactly say, but just know, um, let whoever know that you're there for an ear, um, just, you know, be there. It's just, it's, and obviously this is not the first time that this has happened at the hands of a police officer. So it's just, it's scary to walk out of your house and think that, Oh, this, you know, think about this may be my last day on earth. So just be there and just, just empathize and show support. I think that's the best thing. That's what I got. Absolutely. Um, I completely agree. And just like what Jazz was saying, hope we don't want to leave on a too somber of a note, you know, um, we do want to try and focus on some of the good that's in the world, some of the good that's in people. Um, even though this story is for sure getting a lot of light, uh, we do want to say that there is more good out there, of course, yes. than the bad. Absolutely. For sure. So. Keep your heads so, up. Yeah. Keep it. Yeah. Heads no, up. if anything, it's, it's, <laughs> it's informative and it's inspiring. So thank you both for sharing all your thoughts on the topic. Absolutely. If you like what you hear, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Pod for more updates on the show and be sure to give us a shout out. Or if you want to ask us a question or give suggestions on topics you'd like to hear, email us at podcast at gmail.com. We love to hear feedback from our listeners. So don't forget to leave a thumbs up, five stars, or a review on whichever platform you're listening on. Well, that's all the time we have for today. So until next time, this is The, the Occlusal, Occlusal Table. table. <laughs>